hello again, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report. If it's a welcome back, glad to have you back. If it's a welcome, first time, uh, my name is Scott Giese. I'm a 20-year representative for Jostin's Yearbooks. Also honored to be a certified journalism educator through the JEA, lifelong journalist, former broadcaster, and I like to tell stories. So we started the Yearbooking Report. We're telling stories about yearbook and yearbooking. So we hope you're enjoying the episodes, and we think we have a pretty good one for you this go-round. Now, we're here uh, recording this in mid-March, and for spring yearbooks, now that's a book that comes out in usually May or June. For spring yearbooks, if you haven't wrapped up your book work yet, you're about to. It's coming up really fast when you finish your book so that Jostens can get your book to you in May or June, whenever your date is. And what I've noticed over two decades is while there are some staffs that keep themselves busy all the time, there are a lot of spring yearbook staffs that as soon as that book is done, everything just sort of stops. And when you think about it, that's two months, maybe even three months, sort of just wasted. Nothing happening. Nothing for now. Maybe even nothing as we start some preparation for next year's effort. And yet there are so many things to do. Now, if you're a fall book school, of course, you're busy working on your book right now. But even for a lot of fall books, especially when it comes to looking ahead maybe to next year, there's a lot of that time that just sort of slips away. And so we wanted to do a segment this go-round on, well, the book's done. Okay, now what do we do? And we talked to our friend Savannah Chaika. Savannah is the yearbook advisor at Loyal Sock Township High School in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Now, Savannah is a relatively young advisor, but she is very good. And last year, she and her group, well, let's just say they won an award duo that is a bit rare. And we'll tell you more about that during the interview. But Savannah is definitely one that keeps her group working, maybe not 12 months a year, but pretty close. And they have the awards and so on to prove it. They do a really terrific yearbook. And so we caught up with Savannah recently to get some tips and ideas on what she and her group do. Now, we'll mention one thing here, sort of an apology of sorts. The Glitch Gremlin apparently made a bit of a visit to us during our interview. And at times you're going to hear some uh, quick dropouts and a little audio trouble. But instead of going back to uh, get Savannah again and take more of her valuable time, we decided to just run with it. So when you hear a little dropout or so, just let it go. But the idea, the question again is, book's done. Now what do we do? Well, first off, Savannah, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule today to talk to us. So thank you. No problem. Uh, we're doing now, f for those teachers out there who are a lot of the podcast listeners, we're doing this during first period. Savannah and I are both barely awake, and that's true, isn't it? It is. First period. Now this is <laughs> Always your true. this is your prep or your plan period. Yes. Okay. And now here's a question off the subject a little bit, because uh, I'm not a teacher, but I work with many teachers. Right. Am I not correct? Every teacher is supposed to, isn't it mandated? You're supposed to have a plan or a prep period every day. Yeah, it depends on how your schedule is set up. So a lot of schools that do period schedules, you'll get a period during your day to prep. We have block scheduling, so we get block preps, which is super nice. So that's 83 minutes of prep. And I actually taught an extra class last semester. So now I have one less class than most people have. So I actually have two preps right now, just so I can focus on your work. 
every now and then I hear from a teacher who says, I don't have a plan period. Yeah. And I'm thinking, isn't that illegal? I'm pretty sure that is illegal. But somehow they have nothing. Maybe they took on more responsibilities than other people as possible, but I would think that should only be on a volunteer basis, if at all. So I'm okay. not sure. Quick question. Block yes. scheduling versus sort of standard scheduling, yes. which is better? I actually teach a hybrid and I prefer blocks, I think. I always had when I was in school, but a block is nice for English, which is what I primarily teach. So we can read, we can write, we can discuss all in one block and have work to do things and kind of cuts down on homework load a little bit too for the kids. Hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. Now let's find out something about yourself. Sure. Um, how long have you been teaching? How long have you been yearbook advisor and so on? So I have been teaching for four years, and my second year they approached me to be yearbook advisor, so this is my third year. What was nice was my first year I actually had someone working with me who had a little bit of experience, so we were co-advisors, so I had a little bit of a mentorship program happening for me, and then this is my second year flying solo as yearbook advisor. And I also teach 10th and 12th grade English, and I do our gifted services, and I direct our school plays as well. So you're one of those many people that you wear about six hats. Yes. <laughs> and there are other people in the building that probably barely wear one hat. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so in other words, you're the normal high school. Yes, for and, sure. And I'm, I'm laughing when I say that because there are so many yearbook advisors and they're all nodding their heads right now. Yep, I do this, 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 this. Meanwhile, there are these teachers over here who essentially come in at 7.30 and leave at 3 or something and that's it. Yes, I do find that yearbook advisors typically wear lots of different hats. So. Okay, very interesting. <laughs> now, one reason we're talking to you today, Savannah, is last year's group, you did something that's actually a bit rare. Your group made our annual Jostens Lookbook with some of your work, which was terrific. And um, then you also won our Yearbook Program of Excellence Award. And it's actually a bit rare when a school wins both of those together at the same time. So belated congratulations, I suppose. Um, so when we look back, let, let's just talk about that staff last year, because obviously they were terrific. Yes. What was, tell us about that staff. So that, I think um, I can contribute or attribute that success to the staff themselves. I had excellent leadership. It was a group of 12, which I have found for our school population is a really good number. So there's enough to keep everybody on task, and there's also the ability to be pretty tight-knit. The excellence program, I was very, very proud of them, but I not to sound like I'm bragging, wasn't extremely surprised about that part because we were great with planning. We started planning in the summer. My editors would not rest until everything was absolutely perfect all the time and we're always keeping um, our staff members in line. So we knew we were hitting deadlines because we were months ahead in our planning, making sure we were getting the photos. We were pushing book sales like crazy, especially after we submitted our final deadline. Um, so we were really pushing that as well. And what else did we do? Um, yeah, I just really think it was the kids. Now, I have a little bit of a different group dynamic last year, but I think I still see some of those remnants of what our editors put in place last year. And then as far as the lookbook goes, a little bit more of a surprise for me, especially because that was coming from spreads that were from my first year being by myself. But again, those were templates designed by the students from the year before, and many of them were there last year as well. So it was for our choir spread, and it was for um, our template setup. So 
I was really impressed by that. I was, I think, much more surprised because I could at least track our excellence program and see that we were on track with that. I knew we had our distribution event lined up and things like that. So that was something that we were just proud of. We were kind of keeping track of, and then the lookbook was just icing on the cake. And we got to share all of that stuff with our distribution event to the entire school last year in May, which was a really proud moment for all of us. Yeah, the lookbook's always a bit of a surprise yeah. because they're judges, wherever they are, someplace in America, and they do their work, and then we sort of all find out together. And uh, by the way, we're recording this here in mid-March. The new lookbook will be coming out shortly. Now, by the time some people are listening to this, it may have come out already, yeah. but it's about that time. So let me do a little basic math, actually, from something you just said. What okay. What is your school population here? This year, we're hovering around 500. So at the very beginning of the school year, our enrollment was 497, but it fluctuates okay. a little bit. So 9 through 12, yes. 500 kids, and you have about a dozen yearbook staffers. Yes. And that's a good number. Yes. Why? I think so. Why? Last year I had 12 and it just seemed to fit. So making sure our photo staff was filled, we had the right amount of editors, I think, to have the right number of students under them. So I kind of assigned them to shadow, uh, for the younger kids to shadow the older kids. And it was enough, I think, of a load for each of them. This year I have 16, which doesn't sound like a lot, doesn't sound like a huge difference, but it's definitely a little more work to make sure all of those pieces are working together every single day. And it's another person to be under each of my editors as well. So It's interesting. In, in different advisors that I work with, I have some that only want a handful mm -hmm. of really hard-working kids. Yes. And then I'll have others, no, I want a whole classroom full because this is an educational experience and, and so on. Sounds like you're somewhere in the middle there someplace. Yes, and we also, I don't know how other schools necessarily organize it, but as a class, it's a three-level class. So I have first-year, second-year, and third-year journalism students. So I think that number two is good to distribute between the levels. So if I only had a couple in each level, it's harder to establish a training process and all of that. But if I have about an even number in each of those levels, it's pretty nice. I usually have a little bit bigger of a crew the first year, and then they kind of decide if they want to continue or not from there. But it seems like that evenly distributed number also helps to have kids in each level. Now, three levels, does that mean sophomores, juniors, seniors? Typically, that's the ideal track, but you can join your junior year. I had five juniors join this year that were not in it their 10th grade year. So if they do it next year, they'll obviously not reach the third level. Um, but we typically don't really want seniors as first years because they think that that means that they don't have to really do anything, which is obviously not the truth in yearbook. So. Okay, it's, the common yearbook lament. Yes. Oh, I'm going to get in yearbook. I won't have to work very hard in right. here. Now, you did something a bit unique with me. Uh, for folks who check out our video on YouTube for the yearbooking report, what we call ASMR videos which are all the rage now, yeah. although some of them out there are a little weird. They're really strange, people making weird noises and <laughs> whatever that is. But our version is just sort of the fly-on-the-wall idea. We set up a camera on one uh, day mm -hmm. and just shot the group coming into class, working, leaving class. Okay. What'd you, what did you think of that? Did you think I was a little strange that day? I had not heard of these videos before you told me about them. But I was a little wary at first because, you know, with 16 teenagers in the room, you never know sometimes exactly what's going to happen, even though they're a really good group. So I was a little bit nervous about it. I thought, okay, this better be one of our super productive days, which most days are. 
but it was really interesting then once you posted that and we watched a little bit of it together with the kids and I watched the whole thing by myself and I was just really proud of them. It was so, I've never, I guess, even though I kind of sit back and watch them work, I've never really looked at it from that perspective before because I'm involved in some way. So just to kind of sit back and see what goes on in here, I was very pleased with how everything was set up. That's the unique aspect of that because get a chance to see another yearbook staff and what they do yeah. and that's the whole purpose of that series so folks if you haven't checked them out yet check them out yearbooking report on YouTube right now we have just four of them hoping to kind of grow number in the future hey what does that group do let's punch it up and take a look so thank you for volunteering your group I found it interesting the kids watch the kids yeah. the teachers look at the room now, have you watched any of the other ones? I watched some snippets of the other ones. I haven't watched full length, okay. but that's what I'm looking for is how is their room set up? I'm always interested in what resources teachers have for yearbook because, like, do they have computers in their room? Do they have laptops? What kind of space do they have? I also just kind of look at the walls and what kinds of things other teachers have in their room. You don't get to get out a lot sometimes as a teacher, so to be able to see into someone else's, just do the snapshot of someone else's room is always inspiring. Free plug again, folks, on the podcast. Watch the video. Check out Savannah's group. There, you have the big, and I'm pointing at them here right now, how and why on your wall. I remember one advisor, oh, that's a great idea, she said. I'm going to do that. So there's going to be another how and a why in somebody else's classroom. I have to tell you, I can't take full credit for that. The yearbook advisor before me put those up, but I love them, so I will keep them. So <laughs> I can in good conscience take now, you have a terrific yearbook. Be honest here, okay? How is your yearbook seen here at school? Like, not, not just the book, but the whole effort. How are you viewed here in this building? I think that we are very well respected. The students, we keep our theme a secret, which is something we bring up every year whether we want to do or not. But I think that actually, in ways, sometimes involves the student body a little bit more. They're always asking us, what's the theme? What's it going to look like? What's going to go in there? And they know some stuff. Obviously, sports are going to be in there, things like that. It kind of keeps them guessing and interested in what we're doing. And then we, which I am sure I'll talk about a little bit some more, our distribution event that we do. Then we do this big reveal, and everybody gets all excited and finds out who it's dedicated to. And so we kind of make it almost like a celebration, like a big party at the end of the year to pass out the books, and the kids get all excited about it. So from a student perspective, I think we are, they, they know about us, they know our presence, they know that we come to different events and take pictures. Sometimes they'll come to us and ask for us to take pictures of them. Um, and the teachers are super supportive as well. They know that it's a lot of work that we put into it. We get lots of questions about whether we need pictures of things that teachers were at or whether we can take pictures of things. We get donations for yearbooks for less fortunate students from teachers. So it's definitely something that everybody's aware, aware of and aware of how much work it is so I think as a staff we're very well respected here and our book is usually received pretty well. We'll get back to more of our interview with Savannah Chaika, yearbook advisor at Loyal Sock Township High School in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in just a moment. Some more great ideas and tips coming up. Now this next one here is especially for high schools, it's especially for Jostens schools, and it's especially for seniors. 
I think there are a lot of senior yearbookers out there that do not uh, know about the annual Jostens Yearbook Scholarship. If you're headed off to college, trade school, tech school this fall, two-year, four-year, doesn't matter, here's an opportunity to get some more money for your education. And hey, who wouldn't want that, right? $2,500. Jostens will be giving out several of these scholarships. Now, if you'd like to apply, it's very easy to do. Go online to www.scholarsapply.org slash Jostens Yearbook. Again, that's www.scholars, S-C-H-O-L-A-R-S, apply, A-P-P-L-Y, dot org, slash Jostens Yearbook. All right, go on there, get all the information. Now, here's the thing. Depending on when you're listening to this, you better move because the deadline to apply for this year's scholarships is April 15th. If you're listening in March, you better move. If you're listening in April, you really better move. Uh, The worst that happens, nothing. The best that happens, you get an extra $2,500 in your pocket to use for college expenses. And again, everybody could use that. So get on there, seniors from Jostin Schools only. Get on the website, apply, and then good luck, and we'll see what happens. Once again, the topic for this month is the book's done. Now what do we do? And we have more with our guest, Savannah Chaika. We're doing this in mid-March. Your book isn't quite done yet. So what's the staff doing right now? Scrambling, (laughs) but that's always what March is like. of the craziest time of the year. I mean, I guess it is for us, but it's also my favorite time because the level one students have all these months of work under their belt. They're finally confident in what they're doing so they can get things kind of cranked out pretty quickly. They know to be on their toes. They know how I grade things. They know how editors are watching them. So definitely completely just focusing on that final deadline right now. Take pictures of things that we need. Doing a lot of club coverage right now, which we always save to last, so we have the opportunity for clubs to do whatever events they're going to do. So that's one of the things we're doing right now is tracking down clubs, which is pretty time-consuming. Each student is assigned at least one club, and they have to ask them for pictures, take pictures of them, find their officers, do a write-up about them. So that's kind of a, a hectic thing that we are trying to finalize right now as well. So lots of picture-taking still, lots of work on spreads, and lots of cohesive work helping each other out too which is really nice so if a student gets done with something in their spread and they know now that it's crunch time that they'll ask what else can I do can I help you with my spread what else can I take pictures of is there anything else that needs done so I guess that's a sign that they're they've been trained pretty well at this point okay now the main topic for this interview is it's a spe- it's for everyone but it's especially for spring yearbooks that are wrapping things up and then the idea is okay the book's done now what do we do right. and there are a lot of schools where as soon as the book's done it's like everything just stops oh no clearly your group <laughs> is not stopping no okay um, so all right um, I guess a question here is when the book is finished when the book is finished. Yes. Do you sense any change in the kids like, okay, we're done, they're not as motivated anymore because the book's done, doesn't matter what else is coming down the line, book's done, I can relax now, or is that not true? I don't find that in here. There's definitely a huge sigh of relief. We definitely take some time to celebrate, you know, eat some good food and talk about it, go over our spread, celebrate our successes, but they know that there's still a lot of stuff still for us to do. So. 
obviously right away we're going to start planning our supplement. We've already been talking about it a little bit, what spreads are going to be on there, and then they get assigned that, and the expectation is they start working on that right away. I mean, we have spring sports in there. Spring sports practices already started, so they can already be starting to write articles and take pictures of things like that. Obviously, some things you have to wait for, like prom and graduation, but they know that they'll still have spreads to work on. And my expectation is that anything that can be done before the end of the school year with our supplement is finished so that they don't have to come in during the summer. I don't have to have the headache of working on things over the summer. So there's an expected deadline that still goes in the grade book besides things that are impossible to put in the grade book by the end of the year for the supplement. So that kind of keeps them on track with spreads and with grades and things like that. Okay, let's back up a step of okay. sorts. Not yearbook does a supplement. In fact, a lot don't, okay. especially us younger kids like middle schools, junior highs, but also a good number of high schools. As soon as the book is done, it's like, okay, we're done. And we're not saying you have to do a supplement, but why do you do one of those? We highlight our spring sports is one of the major things that takes up a lot of our supplement, and we highlight the other sports throughout the year, so that would definitely feel sort of unfair to our spring athletes. We also do a whole spread on graduation, which is one of the favorite spreads that we get in the supplement, so we want to have that you know time capsule of pictures from graduation that they're not necessarily going to get anywhere else. We also put pictures from prom. We usually do a spread on our teams that went to states or districts or things like that because sometimes with our deadlines throughout the year, that stuff hasn't happened yet. So we kind of use the main book as our regular season, what happened, and then any of our accomplishments beyond that in our sports seasons, we'll put in the supplement. So sometimes it's like follow-up things from the book, and then sometimes it's things that just time-wise haven't really happened yet. So make sure we highlight things that happen in April and May of the school year. Has your school always done a supplement? As far as I know, yes. I have lots of older supplements in my closet from years past, from before I was even a teacher here from the last advisor. So. I would say at least for the last 10 years, I'm not, I think that's where they go back at this point. All right, now a popular question here would be, you do a supplement, it's finished when? We typically, I try to have it done by mid-June, so the last day of school is the 7th, so that's when our graduation is. So that should be really be the only thing hanging out there that we would have to finish. So I typically assign that not to a senior because they're not going to come back and work on it, but somebody that can either be reliable enough to work on it from home or that we've also in the past come on a couple days after the school year was over, which does not sound very fun, but you do what you got to do. And we just come in here and kind of crank that out as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. So the goal is by mid-June, sometimes we are missing pictures or something and we have to track down pictures from our school photographer or somebody else, so it might take a little bit longer, but that's always my goal, is to be as done as possible before we leave school. Okay, so you finish up, Jostens prints them pretty quickly, so you get them over the summer, yeah. then what happens? As far as distributing them? Yes. So one of our major ways to do that is we obviously print out a list of who all bought a book and then we typically have our school picture day in early September. As many as possible we get passed out at school picture day because theoretically everybody is going to come down for their portrait. So we'll take a list. I have kids that work portrait day and we one of the jobs and sometimes it's two kids because it can be a lot to find them all on the line they'll go through and they'll cross off names and then we go through and we find siblings of seniors that graduated that are still here and we'll give them their siblings supplement and then anybody else that's left over we mail them home okay i was going to say for those seniors who are now just long yes. gone, 
they get mail. Yes, I which assume, is right? quite a few. Yes. So there are none sitting in the office someplace. We do those. have some um, from people that we were trying to find some addresses for as well. But we that's one of the things that we kind of go back to and tie up those loose ends throughout the school year. So yeah, it's interesting when some kids graduate, they literally are gone. Most they, of them don't even think about a supplement or care if they get it. The seniors, I think, that, that are just gone. But then we have some that come back and say, where did that come from or where did that go? And we say we're going to mail it out and they want it right away. So it's kind of mixed reactions, I think, from seniors. Very interesting. Okay. All right. So the supplement, again, some schools do that. Other so let's, let's kind of put that to the side a little okay. bit. Other things that you do in April and May and this year now into early June because of winter weather, right. what are some other things that you do during that period of time? We do several other things. So one thing that we've already started to kind of work on, even though we're still working on the book, is next year's staff recruitment. So I make my staff part of that process. So one of their assignments is they have to tell me a name of preferably two current freshmen because we like to have someone that can be in there years to join the staff for next year so they have to write them down they have to figure out who their English teacher is because I often talk to their English teachers about performance writing um, on task behavior diligence that kind of thing and then they have to write for me my staff writes why did you choose those do they have strong writing skills strong photography skills do they have an interest are they involved in the school so then we send personal letters and applications to those students that my staff picked I also ask our teacher staff for recommendations for that as well. So we try to figure out what the staff potentially is going to look like as the scheduling process happens for the school. And then around in a couple weeks, I'll be passing out under applications too for any of our level twos that would want to be in editor positions next year. So that's also an application and sometimes an interview process as well. Um, I also continue to teach things. So anything I didn't get to at the beginning of the year when we had a little bit more free time to learn about some of the ideas and concepts of journalism and yearbook, we do some of that in April. So we'll do some photo projects, scavenger hunt kind of things. We'll refine some of our skills with cameras. We will do some more article writing. So we learned about news and feature writing in the fall, and then we'll do some more editorial type things that you wouldn't necessarily put in a yearbook, but as part of the skill of journalism, because that's an expectation for the curriculum for the course. They continue to get graded on some things as well. Um, and then my favorite thing that we do is our distribution event. So we kind of talk about that all year to get into preparation for it, because it is a 40-minute presentation that we do every year. It takes a lot of planning and the kids get really into it because it's something that the whole school is going to see. So we've already been sort of throwing around some ideas and do you want me to talk about what we typically do for that? Okay. Go ahead. So, yeah. so we bring everybody down to our auditorium and we give a presentation. It looks a little bit different every year, but generally we make some sort of edited video. So last year we did our yearbook staff as a parody of the office staff from the television show and we kind of picked characters that matched up with the students' personalities, and we sometimes do, we pretend like we can't find the yearbooks or the yearbooks didn't come in time or something like that, so we're searching for them or we're trying to figure out what went wrong with that, and then we'll find them, and then we will make some sort of grand entrance into the auditorium. So in the video, we, we will show that, like one year we showed that the kids were about to walk in the auditorium, and then they literally walk in the auditorium, and everybody loves that because it's just an element of entertainment for the audience. 
Um, so we play a video typically, which is kind of silly, but usually is a lot of editing work, a lot of shooting work, and it's really fun to get to play with that medium a little bit as well. And then we bring the staff up on stage. We talk about our theme and our cover and the process of how we chose that, and we display that on a screen for everybody to see. So that's the first time that everybody gets to see the cover. And then we talk about who the senior class voted on to dedicate the book to. And we bring them up on stage, and they give a little speech, and they get the first book out of anybody for the year. And then I pass out books to the rest of the staff, and I announce next year's editors, and then we bring everybody back to their home rooms, and we scramble like mad to get everybody's book out to them, and then they get a little bit of time um, to walk around and get some signatures. So it's just a fun, feel-good, high-energy kind of day that's just my probably my favorite day for yearbook every year. All right, now let's back up on two things. Sure. Uh, distribution day. I was going to ask, how do you hand out your books? Sounds like you do it in a homeroom type yes. of a setting. So that's a, that's an ordeal for a couple days af before after we, I guess, before we're going to do distribution. So I try to pick a, just a couple members of my staff to help me with it because if you get too many hands in the pot, it's too complicated. So we usually, since it's a secret, we'll cover the window of my door, we'll lock the door, and we'll just spread the books all out my whole room, and each pile will be a different room. So then we assign everybody a couple home rooms. As soon as we're done with that assembly, we rush back here. Everybody's got carts and boxes to go pass out. And I make them personally pass the books to each student on the list so I can hold them accountable for anything that might possibly go wrong. We haven't really had anything go wrong before. But yeah, we try to do that as quickly as possible so people can get to them and start getting signatures for them. But we do it by homeroom. It's interesting. Everybody does distribution a little differently. Yeah. There's no set way to do it. It's whatever works best for you. This obviously, Savannah, works best for you. Yeah. Um, for Jostin schools, we have this new ticket idea. And if you're not familiar with that, contact your Jostin's representative. It might be an idea you'd want to consider. Um, but one thing that you definitely mentioned, you have your kids hand, personally hand the book yes. to every particular kid to make sure they got yes. their book, right? Yes. So I can't blame teachers or anybody else. All of that responsibility is on them. So they know ahead of time they might be going to three different homerooms and they might have you know 15 books for each homeroom. And so they go down the list and they check, obviously, is it personalized or is it not? And they are supposed to call out those names and hand them to them so that I can look them in the eye and say do you remember handing a book to this student and hopefully they remember and can say confidently that they did okay. <laughs> and then we bring anything back so kids that aren't there or we can't find or something's going wrong we bring everything back here rather than leaving it on the homeroom teachers to figure out we'll get back to our final segment with our guest Savannah Chaika from Loyal Sock Township High School Williamsport PA in just a little bit now, as we mentioned earlier, last year, Savannah and her group got a spread in the prestigious Jostens Lookbook. I refer to the lookbook as the best of the best. You make the lookbook, you're doing pretty darn good. Now, I have to be honest here, as we record this in mid-March, I know the lookbook's going to be dynamite this year. I've not seen it. It hasn't been released yet. It will be released shortly. Now, depending on when you're listening here, it may be already out. usually comes out late March, start of April, somewhere around that neighborhood. And I have no idea of the schools that I work with. I have no idea who's going to make the lookbook this year. I don't know until the last moment when we sort of all find out together. But the, the bottom line is absolutely get your lookbook. 
Now, for Johnston's High Schools, you automatically get a copy of your book. It's sent straight to you. For junior highs and middle schools, Johnston's does not just automatically send those folks a book, but if you've got a dynamite junior high or middle school book and you want to see what the best of the best looks like, contact your Johnston's representative. They should probably have one spare copy at least that they can get to you for your perusal. And if you're a non-Jostin school and you're listening and you'd like to see what the best of the best looks like, again, contact your Jostin's representative. I'm pretty sure they can find a way to get you a copy, and then maybe you can kind of sit down and talk some yearbook. Maybe somehow, some point in the future, you can be among the best of the best. All right, so the lookbook is coming out shortly. I cannot wait to see the new copy. I have seen the cover. The cover is, wow. Of course, the cover of the lookbook is always, wow, it's just dynamite. So stay tuned. The lookbook is coming, and it is coming soon. Let's get back to our final segment now on Books Done. Now what do we do with our friend Savannah Chaika? Now, you talked about your staff. You're recruiting new staff earlier. So it sounds like you know who your staff is going to be before the school year is over. Absolutely, because we incorporate them in our summer workshops that we do as well, so I have to know who they are. And they also schedule, usually, in early April, so I'll get that class list as well. And sometimes it fluctuates a little bit in the summer. People decide maybe they want to join late, or they decide that they don't want to be a part of that because their schedule is going to be too busy. But, yeah, by May, even by distribution event, I know what my staff is going to look like for next year which is really nice and we're really fortunate to be able to have an application process I get recommendations from teachers and if it's a student that has poor attendance or poor behavior record or um, they also do a writing sample with it that if I think that their writing is not going to be on par with what we need that I'm actually able to recommend that they do not take the course which is a very nice option to have again that's different in every school. There are some schools where literally the teacher doesn't know who they have until the new year starts. I'll be honest, that drives me a little crazy. Yeah. I think drives them a little crazy. So it's good that you're able to, I mean, I'm assuming it's always been that way. As far, as long as I have done it, yes. Okay. That's the process that was put in place at least a few years before me, so. Now, as we're talking here, I know you still have some yearbooks to sell. Yes. Here in this period from March to, well, distribution day. Right. Jostens, I know, does some things from you, but what are some things you do here to try to sell those remaining books? We really push, one of the biggest ways that we campaign for things in here are just school announcements, which sounds really simple and basic, but it's one of the easiest ways, especially morning announcements, to just make sure that everybody is paying attention. So we kind of, we'll write different silly announcements. We've done some contests before where if you buy your book between this date and this date, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a gift card to a pizza shop or wherever. So we do some incentive programs with that as well. We also usually hand out the in the book flyers with the pictures from students and they love that. I've handed them, I've made the mistake of handing them out in the middle of my English classes before to students that I have and all they do is look at each other's pictures and giggle and um, I usually attach an order form to it or at least directions for how to order online and yeah, I can't get them to stop talking about their in the book flyers. Those work pretty well. Try to move around our yard signs outside as well, as long as there's not very hard snow still there, you know, which there is now at this point. Um, we put our posters up and just kind of word of mouth, and I know the Jostin's campaign works wonders as well. So. All right. 
note to teachers, hand out in the end of the period. Oh my gosh. Okay, I've not heard that one. All right. Um, let's see. Now, you talked about preparing for next year. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about summer. Sure. All right, because it sounds like you do some things over the summer, Absolutely. June, July, August. What do you do? Well, do you want me to back up and talk about how we plan for Absolutely. what we're going to do in the Go. summer? Okay, so at the end of the school year, before we leave, my goal is to have our theme picked out for next year. So I know who my next editorial staff will be, and their job is to at least have a general idea of what they would like the theme to be. And then from there, we choose dates for our summer workshop. So there are starting to plan what our workshop will look like at the end of May, beginning of June, once we know who our staff is. Another big thing that's always a big deal every year is we plan our next year's staff t-shirts as well, so they design those. So there's a bunch of things that are kind of in place. We pick our portrait and retake days before the end of the school year and our summer senior sessions with our school photographer. Um, and then obviously we work on the supplement and then Usually in July, I'll pull my editorial staff and we'll go get coffee or we'll meet in here and we will finish planning out what's going to happen for our summer workshop. So it's typically in, I try to get a feel for from the staff, I will bring everybody together before the end of the year and say, okay, who's going on vacation? What do we know? When are you not going to be here? And it's usually a day during the week. So we'll settle on a date that hopefully the majority of, if not every single person can be at and in July we'll plan what we want to do. So we typically do things like obviously some icebreakers, getting to know each other because we'll bring our new staff in. There's always food involved, has to be food involved. And we plan our theme. So if we already picked one, we kind of share it with everybody and share our ideas for how we're going to weave that into the book. This year we were not 100% concrete when we started the year, so that was one of our major goals. I had my older students kind of break off a little bit while I was teaching the younger students some concepts and showing them Jocelyn's and things and they decided on the theme that day. So they also picked colors, they picked fonts that day. So it's a lot of planning with the older students and then with the younger students I give them a binder with a handbook that we have. I tell them about what class is going to be like versus what more of the club aspect of your book will be as well since they have to do things outside of school for it as well. And we just kind of get a feel for what the class will look like through the year. And then I also get them um, exposure to Jostens. So we have them on Yearbook Avenue and I make them kind of fiddle around with making a template on their own and just getting used to that. So when the school year starts and it's so crazy and hectic at the beginning of the year that I don't have to worry about that. I know that they've already seen it. There's some familiarity and we can just kind of get started right away with things that we can put in the book or grade. So we typically spend about five hours here. We'll take a lunch break, obviously, in between. But yeah, just getting to know each other and making sure we have a concrete plan for how to hit the ground running as we come in for the school year. It's usually a lot of fun. For two decades of preaching, organization, and planning, those are the keys to a good yearbook. Some folks like you clearly do that. Other folks, eh, not so much. If that's you, make it a point organization and planning I mean if you didn't do all that stuff that you just described what would your fall be like it would be so crazy the second week of school usually we have portrait day which is an entirely different thing to plan for so that's one of the big reasons that I do that workshop in the summer so that the first couple weeks we can make sure we know what we're doing on portrait day we have to get times and schedules figured out for that and obviously we have to start inputting things into the, the book as soon as possible so it really just it's like two 
two or three days worth of lessons that I get to already have, and then I can kind of hold them accountable. Like, remember what we did in the workshop? You're ready to go. I started with this stuff too. For any rookie folks that may be listening, this is not as hard as it sounds. No. It's just organization and planning. Mm -hmm. Do that, and the rest of the year goes a whole lot easier. For sure. One more question, Savannah, and this is one, I, clearly it sounds like you don't have a problem with this, but a lot of advisors do. I'm having a hard time motivating my kids to work, to do stuff, and they may say that all year long, but it seems to, especially once we get past the holidays and we get into January, down the rest of the year, especially at high schools, especially with seniors, Oh, I don't know what to do. Like these kids are not doing anything. I hear that lament all the time. Do you have that problem? How do you handle it? I would say I don't have that problem to a huge degree. Definitely with seniors. Senioritis, you know, is inevitable for most students, especially when they've worked so hard for so long. We just, you know, submitted the book. They might want to take a little bit of a break, but the first thing, like I said, that we do is you just have to celebrate all their accomplishments. So if they know that they recognize how hard they've worked, they recognize each other's hard work, and I can kind of keep that, I guess, passion for what they did alive and let them know that they're appreciated, that's step one. So look at all the stuff we did, look at all these amazing things that we accomplished, um, but we still have things left to do. Again, food is a really good motivator. I have a stash of candy for my yearbook staff that they know that they can, once they get their work done for the day, they'll come and grab a piece of candy, and that's kind of like their mini war each day. So, you know, do what you need to do in that case. But yeah, because of the hype that we put around distribution day, I think that's one of the major reasons that I don't have an issue with motivation because they love doing that. They love brainstorming the video, shooting that together, coming up with ways to kind of surprise the student body and show them all that hard work that we've been celebrating. So. The power of candy. The power <laughs> of food. Yes. She's laughing. I'm serious. No, it's true. It works. Donuts are still. Yes. That's, that's my favorite. Just donut. little things. Savannah, you do a terrific job. Thank you. Please keep doing us another, oh, 25 years if you wouldn't <laughs> mind. That would be great. But we appreciate you taking time today and thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, a big thank you again to our friend Savannah Chaika from Loyal Sock Township High School in Williamsport, PA, for a long list of great ideas and tips and maybe inspiration and some other things in there that uh, Savannah and I kind of talked about. I know that it's tough being a teacher. I think it's tougher being a teacher now, maybe than any time in the past. That's just an opinion from observations and things, visiting schools and such. But as far as the yearbook's concerned, things haven't changed much. That book is still crucially important both now and for the rest of the lives of every time somebody buys one. So hopefully you got some good inspiration from our interview here and some good ideas. Again, even when the book is finished, there's still lots of things to do, if for no other reason, to set the table for next year. Also, if you've got remaining books, as we said, they're not going to sell themselves You've got to go out and sell them, and there's a ton of ideas. If you need ideas, all you have to do is contact your Jostens representative. They've got a whole long list of ideas to help you out. And if you're a non-Jostens school, yeah, we've got ideas. Why don't you contact us? We'd love to talk to you. Thanks again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast. Mm -hmm.